I'm Christopher Hooten. And I'm David Rapson. And for the next few minutes, we're living on coffee and flowers. Boxer makes me think of a time I was walking around New York City at four in the morning and having a The precise contents of our minds is unknowable. We move through life as private aliens, with the suspicion that others must experience life as we do, but with no proof nor guarantee of it. Am I the only one who feels this precise way as I climb the stairs from a subway station on a frosty winter morning? When I see a dog stretch out his front legs and yawn in dappled shade? When the phone rings and I see it's them that's calling? Scientists and philosophers continue to grapple with the elusive nature of consciousness, but since the band was founded in 1999, the National have been providing compelling evidence that each of us is not alone in how we feel, that there are others who think like we do, that we are indeed a we. I'm Christopher Hooten, the co-host of Coffee and Flowers, and the band's music first came into my life, as it has for so many, like an outstretched hand over a cliff face. I was in my sophomore year at university and the party was over. The camera had zoomed out on the sitcom of life and the film crew, the studio audience, the wires and the force walls were all plain to see. For no obvious reason, I suddenly felt a stranger to others and to myself at lectures and at social events, never more unsure of my place in the world. One evening, I was in the dorm room of a girl I'd just started dating, and she put on some music, as one does to fill in those pauses in conversation which in the early days you haven't yet learned to appreciate. It was Fake Empire, the opening track on the Nationals' then newly released album, Boxer. By the time the song reached the midway point, the drums tumbling over the fulcrum and seesawing the track into its woozy second half, I was transfixed and had leapt from the bed to get as close as possible to the shitty laptop speaker. This was the beginning of a love affair with Boxer, the album giving a voice to thoughts and feelings I'd as yet not been able to express, or maybe even recognise. It might not have saved me from my depressed, dissociative funk that winter, but it certainly carried me through it. I felt moved to share such an important musical discovery, and after exploring the band's back catalogue, soon placed a few favourite songs in a zip file and emailed them to my best friend. At different ends of the country, we weren't in as regular contact at this point as we'd been before or as we are now, nor as up to speed in each other's lives. But I knew this music and these lyrics would mean something to him. Little did I know, they would become one of the anchors of our friendship, our shared language, our shorthand for a feeling or a situation. I'm David Rapson, the recipient of that mixtape and the co-host of Coffee and Flowers. I remember this exact moment when I received the recommendation from Chris. I was sat at a cluttered desk pushed up against the wall of my university bedroom. Postcards and drawings were tacked on the wall above my computer screen and I was procrastinating on the internet while my university degree lay on the back burner. At that time I was part of the university's CD library. It was a student collective with the sole purpose of sharing music. The group was eclectic and open-minded and at this point I was at my most receptive for other genres so I was listening to a lot of Shabazz Palaces and Mad Villain, uh, and I had Bonobo's Black Sands on repeat. So when Chris parachuted in this mixtape that was wholly in my pre-CD library musical sweet spot, which was admittedly more one track, it was dark, powerful music like Interpol and The Walkman, it was surprising to me how familiar this band felt and yet how novel it was to me. It felt like I knew this band, but it also felt like something that I'd been looking for. More than any other time in my life, I became obsessed about a band. I burned through Boxer, went back to Alligator, and then before long, High Violet came out. It was like a musical feast for me. 
was discovering a band and then having so much to devour. It's a testament to the music how vividly I remember that simple desk or this leafy stretch of road between my university house and the campus I was going to. I'd always go back and forth with my headphones on. There's this specific part of the road where you'd suddenly be ceilinged by orange bulbs of street lamps that were sat just beneath the thick branches of these trees. For this reason, I always think of orange and black when I hear certain national songs. I remember that leafy, cold walk to and from the campus. I'd be listening to Matt's voice and sometimes it felt like he was an older version of me. Thinking about it now, I don't know if university education helped me become who I am today so much as music did. It helped me understand my own brain and figure out what it all means to me. During this learning process, one thing I got better at was talking about how I feel, and I think that's one thing that The National gave me more than any other band. The deeper I dived into these songs, the more I wanted to talk about them. Chris and I in particular would trade lyrics and little moments from tracks like they were pieces of art in a gallery, and we were the guests, staring open-mouthed in amazement. How great is this line? Or how about that drum feel at a minute 40? On reflection, the two most important things I took out of university were my relationships and my music. They're what shaped me into the person I am today. Becoming a journalist after university, I covered all manner of music, television and film. But it was the national I would keep coming back to more than any other artist, reviewing their subsequent albums Trouble Will Find Me and Sleep World Beast, and doing an interview with frontman Matt Berninger that would end up running nearly 5,000 words. In April 2018, Dave and I visited the band in their hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio, as they staged their first festival, Homecoming, the two of us co-authoring a piece about homecomings and the complex emotions that tend to come with them. But all this output was insufficient. Music was such an ability to reflect the human condition in all of its beauty and ugliness needed to be held closer to the light, its every facet better examined. This led us to the logical conclusion you're about to listen to, Coffee and Flowers a documentary podcast on The National that analyses their music one album per season, one track per episode. Is this indulgent? Maybe, but meeting fans of the band underneath a black sky on a chilly evening in Cincinnati as Boxer was performed in full, two things were clear. One, these are big-hearted people, all of whom I would trust with my infant should I ever have one. And two, this band means more to its fans than perhaps any other. We hope those of you listening from this more ardent camp will readily indulge our indulgence that those of you who are less familiar, or even unfamiliar, with the band will agree to go on this journey with us. Some life-altering music awaits you. We're kind of jealous you get to hear it for the first time. Wherever you are on this spectrum of national fans, we've made this podcast for you. We've seen how strong the connection between humans can be when music is the glue that holds us together. Coffee and Flowers is Chris and I wanting to connect on this level with as many people as possible. Maybe then we'll stop talking about the national at every dinner, bar or party that we go to. But also, maybe not. There's no promises there. To whoever is listening to this right now, the chances are we probably haven't met. But let's dive into a conversation about this amazing band. While I'm here in London and you're in Madrid or Ohio or Stockholm, wherever you are. And if we can recreate for a minute what it feels like to be at a national gig where you reach out to other people and extend these human connections through music then this project will truly have been worth it. A word on the format and what this podcast isn't. David Foster Wallace once described literary analysis as the equivalent of, quote, tearing the petals off, grinding them up and running the goo through a spectrometer to explain why a rose smells so pretty, unquote. We're not here to try and explain or teach. Much of art's beauty is in its ambiguity and we'd hate to tarnish that. 
There are no right or wrong answers here. Rather, this is an informal trading of interpretations. We're taking a moment to stop and smell the roses, not grinding them up. Members of the band and other people from the Nationals universe will be joining Dave and I as we burrow into each of Boxer's tracks, communicating what the feel of the music is to them along with their memories of the time when it was written. I'm sure that work outside of the Nationals discography will stand out as relevant or related along the way, be it books, movies or TV shows. We'll be compiling these into reading lists of sorts for each episode and posting them on social media, on Vero in particular, where they'll be more expansive and include things we didn't get a chance to mention in a given episode. So a quick note about Vero. Vero is our sponsor for season one and they allow us to bring this podcast to you for free. We're all about human connections and Vero is a social network that tries to make them feel more authentic online. It launched in response to the broken social media landscape. A a note on that too. So Chris and I have both got off Facebook in the last year and we've both mentally checked out of Twitter. Whether it's unwitting election influencing or the reduction of conversation to its most extreme and nuance free, the major social network's pitfalls are due in no small part to their use of your data. Vero, however, respects your privacy and doesn't sell data to third parties. This is the crucial part. The user is the customer here rather than the advertiser. Vero seems to be designed with cultural conversations in mind, and we found it to be the best place for us to continue conversations when the episodes are finished. All of these songs, books, films and more that we reference in each episode are going to be archived in our Vero feed. And we hope you find these lists useful as we talk about the works and the feelings that live within the same universe as Boxer and the texts that were influential when the album was being created. So we'll see you on there. Download Vero for free at get.vero.co slash coffee and flowers. That's not coffee and flowers with an ampersand, that's coffee, A-N-D, flowers. And so to Boxer, the band's fourth studio album and the follow-up to 2005's Alligator, a nice icy drink at what was kind of a last chance saloon. It also felt like a last chance to, to be a band. Like- this is the familiar voice of Matt Berninger, the Nationals frontman. You may hear soaring in the background from time to time, which couldn't be edited out. We tried, but somewhat poetically, a chainsaw has the same frequency as Matt's voice. Who puts out four records that kind of aren't that don't don't get much attention you know we'd made two that got none one that got a little if this one didn't get a lot it was over towards the end of the record when things got really stressful i got a sense of exactly that peter katis the producer of boxer who has worked with the national since their second album sad songs for dirty lovers boxer's front cover is a photograph of the band performing at peter's wedding like if this record didn't have a certain amount of success I guess people have to get on with their lives. They're grown up. By the end of the record, I, I felt the weight on everyone, you know, that this be good. And it had, it had to have been the second to last day. And uh, Aaron came in the room and he's like, oh, I probably shouldn't tell you guys this, but I was just talking to someone. Oh, I'll just say it, someone at the, at the record label. And, you know, they're not, they're not that psyched about the record, and, uh, you know, from what they've heard. And oh, they don't even know if it can be released as it is. And it's just like, you know, it's like air out of the balloon. Everyone was because we were feeling pretty good about the record, um, and it was it was really depressing. And so the mood just got really sour. And that's where people made comments about, "Yeah, this this better be successful, or or who knows?" But um, and then the next day was mastering. It was middle of the winter. Everyone everyone's hair looked really dirty, and everyone's just moping around. And I think, and then I, I remember I had to go to London the next day, and someone was going somewhere else, and it was all like. Bye. And like it, it, it wasn't a triumphant feeling at all when the record was done, even though I think, you know, we all liked the record and the music. 
you know, we worked on it for months at Peter Cadis's studio living there. And then, and I was kind of melting down, I think. I, I can't really remember entirely, but apparently I was melting down. And this is the voice of Aaron Desner, who, along with his twin brother Bryce, plays guitar and a host of other instruments for The National. I had been married and my <clears throat> marriage was sort of falling apart and I was getting divorced and I think quite depressed, actually, and um, living. At one point, I sort of left my house and went and lived in a, a friend's, my friend Judd's apartment. And I had my first Pro Tools M box, like a little pro, tiny portable Pro Tools interface. And that in his, like he was out of town and I was staying in this room with all my stuff, had a couple boxes of stuff and just feeling sort of a little quite lost, I think. And that's where I recorded the demos of Start a War and Ada and Green Gloves and Gospel and a bunch of those, which to me are like meditations. They're sort of, you know, just calming we had had some success with Alligator and I think we started to feel that we could, we could get somewhere, we could make it, but it was going to have to be a great record. I, I think I wasn't aware of this at the time at all, what was sort of where the band was in their own minds, in their own arc. This is the voice of Corinne Besser, Matt's wife and lyrical collaborator. She'll rush to tell you that The National is all the work of Matt and the guys, but she's being modest. Corinne worked on the lyrics of several songs on Boxer, We'll be giving her thoughts from time to time here. I was blissfully unaware of that. But yeah, I hear that in those in that sort of obsession with can this endeavor be, feel professional? <laughs> can it feel like, am I ri- really ridiculous enough to think <laughs> that this can be the way I make a living? And I think that was definitely in the backdrop. In episode one, we toss around Box's playful but ominous opener, Fake Empire. Stay out, super late. 